The information presented in this podcast is not intended for the treatment or prevention of disease or any medical condition, nor as a substitute for medical advice. The information contained here in this podcast reflects only the opinion of the author and presenter and is in no way considered required practice. Welcome to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connects your brain to your brawn. Hi, this is Eric Fiorello, and I want to welcome you to Motivation and Muscle, streaming radio 24-7. Today, believe it or not, is the uh, 10th of November, 2018. Um, I always talk about standing up, taking a deep breath through your nose, out through your mouth, and repeat after me, I am a winner. I am a champion, and I am unstoppable. Why do we talk like that, and why should you talk to yourself like that? Well, if you want to reach goals, if you want to change the way you feel, and I'm going to, I want to tell everyone this, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, If you've been this way, whether it's positive and negative or in between, it's going to take you a while to change things. I mean, planning new thoughts for anything to begin changing is usually around 28 days and that's going after these mantras in a uh, repetitious way repeatedly so you know we've done a lot of shows on this we're going to be doing more and more i'm going to be doing a real real brain um show uh Probably tomorrow, it's going to be very interesting, especially the word I'm going to use every time I read off what I'm going to talk about. Um, It might disturb some people, I can tell you that, but it needs to be said. I've been listening and watching lately a lot, which I don't normally do too much. I got to tell you, um, the world needs Eminem. I'm telling you right now, I, I, um, I'll say no more until we do the solo show, but very interesting stuff. Also go out to Moto or, um, FiorellaBarbellCo.com, um, winners and champions Inc. That is our premier product. Um, we're going to be doing much more, believe me, lots, lots more, very exciting stuff in 19. Um, there's gotta be some big things moved to a new site. There's a lot going on and it's stuff you have to do. This is the stuff that you have to give a ton of attention to because it's your business. And when you have the type of content I have all over the place, um, it has to be moved precisely and very carefully tested out because God help me if I lose any of this, I'm out of business. This is how critical the stuff we're working on right now. It's all for 19. 18's great, whatever happens from this point on, but we're already looking to the future and you should always be looking ahead, never look in the rearview mirror, I'm telling you right now. Also too, our Prosperity Conscious page out on FiorelloBarbellCo.com, there's a $25.50, Break that down over a year. That's nothing for the material you're getting on this show. Most people are charging for this type of material. I won't do that because it's with the idea that we will get people investing in us, both FBC and M&M, and buying our products. Um, to me, that's the way to do it. Um, but 
you know, um, that's the way the world is. And, you know, you have to make money. You have to be successful because if you don't do that, I can't do the things I want to do. And I've got plenty of things I want to do, and it's going to just be great stuff. So think about that. Also, too, go out to MotivationMuscle.com slash category slash podcast. We've got our pal Ryan Stewart in here. Um, Ryan hasn't been on since before he went to Iceland. So we're going to dabble with that a little bit, I'm sure. But we're going to get into tools for the trade. And you'll understand that more when we bring Ryan in momentarily. Uh, secondly, sign up for a free newsletter on motivationmuscle.com. Um, it goes out to my PayPal account. And anything I put out will go to your inbox. Also, another investment. Come on in here and advertise with us. We're going to be around here for 30 years. I have my own cell number on the homepage on MotivationMuscle.com because I believe we need to start talking to one another more. And when you're doing business like that, yeah, you can fire off some emails. But you need to speak to people. You need to feel them out. You need to see where they're coming from. And same way on my end. Also, too, if you live in the Albany area, anywhere around that, I would be more than happy to come visit you, shake your hand, and look you in the eyes, as my pop would say, and see if we want to work together. So go out and look at that investment. And also, don't forget about Fiorello Barbell Company, Real Men, Real Strength, Real Power. That is our YouTube channel. Now, with that in mind, I am going to give you some information on Ryan. Let me just bring this down. And here we go. He is the co-owner of Black Flag Strength and Fitness. He's a powerlifter, strongman, and Highland Games competitor. And, you know, anybody that's been paying attention and um, obviously is in his Facebook genre, okay, has got to see what he's been doing, not only with his own homepage with Utah Stones. I hope I said that right, too. He can correct me when we bring him in if I'm wrong. But, you know, he went over to Iceland and did the whole I, I, he might have done more i want to find out the uh whole icelandic voyage we did with bill crawford in 2008 so um he's had a very busy year let me tell you and he's made uh i'll tell you i'm very proud of what he's done i mean um you know he, this is what i'm talking about you get a goal and you start doing it and no matter what happens that's what we talked about last night you're back for more those stones, man, they don't care if you lift them or not, but they vibrate and they know. And I said, you got to shake hands with everything initially. Then you go out and just smash it right through the ground. Ryan, welcome back, brother. It's always an honor. Um, it's been a long time, but we're glad to have you back here, my friend. Thank you, sir. No, I'm happy to be back. We've got all sorts of fun stuff to talk about. And uh, yeah, yeah, definitely happy to be back. Um, give out the website, obviously, to the gym or anything else you want to do, uh, and obviously how people can get a hold of you, too. Yeah, the gym, uh, just Black Flag Strength and Fitness. Uh, we have our website up and running now, and you can find us on uh, Instagram and Facebook, and uh, both myself also, uh, just my, my regular uh, social media pages on Instagram and Facebook also. Okay. Before we get into a little bit of uh, tools for the trade, because I know people are going to want to know, 
obviously we know you were in Dritvik and Lotra and Legenstein and obviously Husafel. I haven't yeah. asked you, obviously, if you lifted the, the 600-pound column stone. or yeah. we'll, And we'll get into that a little more. We'll, but we're going to kind of build uh, the interior to do what you did. Because, you know, I told Ryan before we came on, I'm sure he's heard it. You know, people said to me, well, what did you do to get ready for the stone? And if you go by Norm Shemansky, I lifted the stone. Okay, it's just like when they asked him, how do you get your press higher? Press. Yes, but there is other things you need to have component-wise built to go out after these stones. Because if you see them in person and you think it's just going to be something you're going to walk up to and liberally pick it up off the ground, I've seen many big guys fail. You know, and um, Tattoo, who's been on here from Finland, I believe he was probably the lightest guy to lift the Husafel stone and complete it. He was 50 years old last year, and he did it on his birthday because I thought it was very interesting. His last name is Kuru, K-A-R-U, if you want to look him up. I believe he was about 230 pounds, and I didn't ask Ryan how much he weighs, but I believe he's heavier than that. Um, That in itself is incredible, and he is awesome, and he's getting ready to go over the Dinnies. Him and Annika, who's been on here too, um, just great stuff. But I want to ask you this, Ryan. Um, you know, you went to a lot of places in Iceland, and I mean, I can't wait to talk about the voyage and all that. But yeah. I know the Husafell was on your mind initially. What stone, if if you can go one, two, or if they all felt the same to you? Did you did you have a favorite out of the whole pile? Because they're they're just outstanding. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because me and Nick Whalen, who I went with, yep. uh, which is uh, the guy's an absolute machine, uh, easily one of the best stone lifters on the planet right now. He mm-hmm. is just incredible at a fairly, like you said, fairly low body weight. But you know, we went over there and uh, we had researched for months yep. and. I mean, we talked literally every day for probably about six months trying to get it all figured out, a game plan kind of set in place because Iceland is a different animal than Scotland and doing their stones. It is it is night and day. Yeah. And, yep. uh, you know, it, to get ready for it, the, the planning was big. Um, figuring out the game plan was big. But as far as the lifting goes and all that, um, obviously being stronger is better, but yeah. you got to be able to be stone strong. But as far as like my, uh, a favorite man, Brynjolf stack, the 617 okay. pound column yep. is, it is hard to be And yep. the weather that we had to deal with in Lotra that day was just absolutely insane. Yeah. And I mean, it was sideways, sideways rain. It was right around 39 degrees. We were freezing our asses off. Yep. Yep. And you would not see bigger smiles on two guys faces as what we had that day. We were just absolutely geeked and wouldn't have had it any other way. Yeah. Obviously you connected and, and that's the big thing. And when you're going to do a voyage like that, you have to be ready for whatever. I mean, Iceland is so spread out, man, and where you're going, like, 
you know, we were through hills and mountains and one side of the fjords and, you know, hours driving, you know, and you're a road warrior. I mean, it's, you know, people think, well, I'm going to go lift a stone. That's great. But sit in a vehicle for like seven hours, man. And you want to go lift a stone, eh, you know, maybe the next day. Um, when you, did you, when you went to Husafel, I mean, where was that? in proximity to how you went? I mean, was that your first or last excursion when you went on the trip? So Husafel was the most important for me. And even though Nick had already walked it before, you know, uh, we, we kind of agreed to go hit that one first. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Husafel first, uh, which was the right thing to do being that it is a walk yeah, and it does put a, a tremendous amount of pressure on the biceps. Yep. And, you know, going to Scotland, you can get away with lifting a million of those stones and sure your biceps start to kind of quiver and ache a little bit, but Iceland is a whole different animal. Oh, I yeah. mean, most of their stones start at 350 yeah. and go up yep. from there. Yep. And I mean, it's, yeah, I, I knew that I, in order to make sure that I didn't rip anything off the bone, yep. I, I would have to do Husafel first yep. and uh, not make the mistake that some other guys have made before me and kind of hitting it last. And I, I know that's been, oof, yeah, I've seen yeah. some, some bad stuff come out of Husafel yeah. because of that. Yeah. It's, but, um, go ahead. But, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, that's that's a big reason why we actually decided to skip Dritvik. He had lifted it before. Okay. And, um, you know, it, it is – you even talk to the Icelandic people, and most of them don't actually know Husafell. It's it's all Dritvik, all Dritvik from yeah. everybody you talk to. They all know it, and it's the big tourist one. And for me, it, it was a decision of, okay, do I hit Dritvik? and risk the biceps and risk just torching them to where I won't be able to lift the other stones. Yep. No, I decided to kind of trade that in and instead of lifting Dritvik, be able to lift absolutely everything. Well, in Dritvik, I'm sure, and so would Bill Crawford tell you, that's where he initially did the, the initial tear of his bicep before we got to the end and, you know, he got about halfway around the sheep pen and that was it. You just seen the, the arm just let go and the stone yeah. drop in front of him because um, when he, he went back and he, I don't remember if he went and lifted the heaviest one again. Somebody said something, he did it. Everybody heard it too. It was a, it was a monster pop. You could hear oh. it. So... At first, you know, we didn't think about it, but as time went on, you know, obviously something was going down with it. And, um, yeah, I agree. Um, when you went to Husafel, did you stay in Reykjavik, or did you go up to the inn, or was the inn open then, um, or did you stay? Cause Stevie Shanks was telling me about a hotel that's, you know, in Husafel. Yeah. Um, did you stay in Husafel, or did you just take the drive up? No, so we we flew into Reykjavik and yep. then drove up to Reykholt, which is just right outside of Husafell. Okay, and yep. it's a and, and I highly recommend that for anybody going over there. Stay in Reykholt. There is little cabins that have their own jacuzzis. Nice. Um, they're not abnormally priced, whereas the Husafell Hotel is obnoxiously priced. Well, everything in Iceland is obnoxiously priced. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, <laughs> no it is but, it's insane 
Yeah, but I mean, those cabins outside in Raycole were, were a moderate price, and you know, I split that with Nick and his wife. And uh, so we decided to stay there the night before and just uh, kind of rest, relax, get a little bit of a, of a jet lag off, and yep. then hit Husafel the very next day. And it's funny because the place we went to go eat and uh, it is just past where the pen is. And I told Nick, I'm like, you know, when we drive by, just just tell me, and I'm going to look the other direction. I don't want to see it. <laughs> and he, kind of, he had that same reaction. He kind of laughed. And it's one of those things where I knew if I saw it, my adrenaline would go absolutely nuts. Yeah. And I'd drive over there and do it. And I knew it would be best just to wait until the next day. Yep. And, uh, so yeah, we just kind of drove right past and he's like, all right, look the other direction. <laughs> yeah. Because usually yeah. if you're looking that way, you'll see the cross gleaming right off the top of the church. Yeah. Uh, that's the yeah. thing. Yeah. Without a doubt. I'm with you there. Um, all right. So, you know, we got a little bit of an idea what you did, you know, and we're going to dive into it more, but, and we can skim this all over to a point and go right back in to the stone voyage. But, a common question all the time I hear is this. How do you train to lift these stones? Let's just we'll leave it yeah. to all of them, the magnitude of them. And my response all the time is, well, how long have you been training? Are you Have you been training basic movements for a while? I mean, have you gotten any light sandbags to start with, river stones? You know, do you have molds? I, I, I'd rather use something that's more similar to the Husafel. But what do you got laying around, or who are you training with? So comment on any of that. I mean, obviously, yeah. the squat deadlift, we always like to put something overhead or whatever. Um, you know, bent rows, the whole deal. But what what do you see fundamentally for somebody, let's just say, maybe they've got 10 years in of good training, whether they've competed or not. They've got the structure. Yeah. Where do we go with that, Ryan, to get ready to go, you know, and lift some stones, say, within the next, um, I don't know, 24 to 36 months we'll go with? Yeah. Well, so you hit the nail on the head. I, I mean – People ask me, well, well, how, how long did it take you to get ready? Well, for me, I, it was essentially nine months that I gave myself to really prepare. And I was a little bit behind the gun or under the gun, I should say, being that I had that uh, uh, hernia surgery yeah. in October of last year. So I knew because of that, I was really, really under the gun. And to get back to even normal – was going to be tough. So I was really hard on myself and I worked extremely hard for nine months to get it done. But you hit the nail on the head. It is, it wasn't nine months of training that got me there. It was the 25 years of training that got me there. And sure, I just detailed it specifically for Iceland nine months out. But for the Hoosfell stone alone, I, I, obviously there's more than one way to skin a cat. And sure. for me, I felt the best way was to continue uh, conjugate West Side style template okay. as far as my days on and my days off, my heavy days, my light days. And for me, Eric, I mean, it was gold because I got better every single week, every single block at my walk. So I started with be- being able to not really walk very far and with not very much weight. And by the end of it, 
Uh, obviously, being able to do Hoosville Stone. I, I mean, even when I got home, I mean, just things just continued to get better and better every yeah. week. And yep. I, I truly believe that if I had that extra two months, I had not had to have that surgery, it would have even been better. Yep. But yeah, it was better every single. So you know, basically, my max effort lower day. Yep. Taking something really heavy, and you don't have to walk it very far. We're walking no, twenty five feet, but make it just crazy heavy. Yeah, and then uh, on your light day, just make it something that's a, a very moderate weight. For me, it was just two hundred and forty pounds, and I'd walk it for you know up to two hundred feet, and just wow. go as far as I can with it. You know what it is, Ryan, um, and I think a lot of people get crushed. Is this? They don't know how to meter their lifts, whether it's a, a, a stone, whether it's barbells, whatever. Yeah. And they think that you've got to go like at 98 or 99.9% if there's such a thing mm-hmm. and do it all the time. And I don't care if you're chemically enhanced. I don't care if you're natural, whatever. You're not lasting like that. And no. this is what happens. They get greedy. And you, you know, we talk about nailing it, hitting the nail right on the head. This is a thing that I try to tell people. You know, we're doing all this extreme power rack work right now, John McKean and I, and training at mid-level with these isometric pushes back from the days of March and Ziegler and Hoffman, where we've dug up a lot of stuff, but we've enhanced it in a different way. Now, if you think you're going to take a massive weight in a dead start squat and pin it against another set of rods four inches up, and in the maximum hold we have found, it's not eight seconds, it's six. Even we went back, found more articles by Dr. Ziegler, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I had a guy send a note to me, which um, – I don't know. I don't know at times, Ryan, what goes through people's heads, and I'm not. And I'm not really. I, I can't get involved with that. And they sent me a note and said, "Well, you know, Ziegler basically invented Diana Ball, and he was the guy <laughs> handing the magic blue pills out." And I, I, I didn't say much, but I was like, "Well, let me say this to you. That's your decision. But if that was the case, then." Anybody could take those magic little blue pills and lift enormous amounts of weight, okay? I I just don't buy that, and I don't like that because, um, to me, it's like um, you're taking what somebody's doing and minimizing it. Now, I know a lot of people are against all that. That is your decision. But, you know, when I see, you know some of the stuff going on, it's like, um, I, I could question a lot of things, but you know what? You're, you did it right. It's like you take a maximum weight, one workout and yeah. say you go 25 feet with it. The next yeah. one, you're taking one at 250 or whatever you're feeling for that day. And you're walking as far as you want, or you have a planned destination with this. This is yeah. the stuff that makes you immortal, man. This is a yeah, stuff. It, Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Uh, I, I totally agree. And, and that's just it. And I, I am 100% lifetime drug free. I've always right. been a huge advocate of that. And I, I realize it's not for everybody, but it is for me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and that's just it. In, in putting a West Side conjugate template to it, yep. 
and, and the theory of beating records every single week, it's super motivating. And where a normal person would just grab a, a regular weight and say, I'm just going to walk the shit out of this every week, is <laughs> yeah. boring. Yeah. And I mean, that's not fun, but beating records every week. So, I mean, I, I had a 370 pound stone and a 400 pound stone, oh, and yeah. then I had a 300, and then also that 240. And my goal was every time I touched one of those, Yep. was just to break a personal record with it every time I touched it. And as long as I did it right and stuck to the template, I crushed records every single week. And in the long run, I mean, it got me from not walking very well with stones. I am traditionally a not a good walker with any sort of weight. I am terrible at a super yoke. Yep. It is the devil. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I knew I was going to have to work extra hard in order to get my body to, to do this. Uh, to be able to walk with weight, not just lift up a lot of a lot of weight. So, well, you know, it's interesting too. Is you know, I, I applaud you because most people would never say, "Well, I'm not good at something." Okay, and but yeah. here's the thing, you know, I, I I watched you all the way along with whatever you put up. I was looking at, and obviously, I'm looking at you all the time, and every stone looks bigger, and you, you know, you've got some caption about it and all that, but you know. How many times we keep hearing, oh, I don't have the courage, or, or I don't know what to do here, or, you know, blah, 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 blah. I say this all the time. Go out and grab a sandbag or a small stone, and let's get started. You know, yeah. you know we've had Stevie Shanks on here recently, Charlie, and they were, they were saying to me, you know, um, over at the gathering, a lot of people have been on the show, and Stevie thanked me among many people for the push through this show of stones and yeah. and 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 I am I am more than happy to do that I, because I feel you know and those guys are telling me obviously the the gathering alone that when they added you know the Ard Blair stone and Martin was doing the inver the demonstration you know yeah. this stuff's exploding everywhere and yeah. The, the thing I see, especially with kids, you know, you look at Charlie's son, Lawrence, mm -hmm. this kid, I'm telling you right now, I, I, you know, we've talked about this. I mean, not only the people that he's been surrounded with and he doesn't even, you know, Charlie says he thinks that's just every day. We've yeah. talked before. If he stays with us, there, the potential for him, he might be the youngest kid to ever lift the Denny Stones. And I mean yeah. that. And I think it's so interesting, Ryan, that – um. You know, we got into this in another show, and we don't—we didn't really use the word primal because I think it's a, a, a tad bit overused. But I've had people come here that would never have lifted anything like that, and it's mm -hmm. funny because you know you get them rolling a little bit. We, you know, we talk about different ways to build their structure and things of that nature, and suddenly, you know, they grab a twenty-pound sandbag, and it's like somebody lit their spirit on fire. Yeah. And this is because it agrees with what is in our DNA from the start of time. I believe that. Um, I look at my little niece and nephew. I mean, you know, but kids are kids are unbelievable too. You teach them how to do things, and they just seem to eat it up. You know, yeah. and I know not every kid's going to want to do it, but these two. I mean, it's a blast to see him, you know, 8 and 13 pounder, and I'm building right now. We're going to go a 15, and I'll build a 17, but we'll see what happens with everything in between. And 
I'm telling you, man, this is the stuff that need. I know they don't want a lot of PE anymore, and they don't want dodgeball. And they don't want anybody to feel bad, and everybody's got to be on the baseball team and play. That's not how life works, folks. No. And no. you don't want to be mean to any kid. I don't care who they are, all right? But if you want to get better, work a little bit harder. You want to get better? Contact Ryan. Contact me. Contact anybody on the show. That's yeah. how you do it, man. And I just think what you're doing and everybody else is doing is very beneficial. I mean, I just think if you train kids with these implements among other – obviously, you know, I love free weights too, but I'm not yeah. like a real conventional free weight guy either, you know. I wish Danny was a little older. I'll tell you right now, um, Ryan, I, I'd start him doing holds in the rack. I mean, oh, yeah. probably not till he's like 10 – but I'll tell you right now, I would love – oh, yeah. Hell, John McKean's doing that with his um, grandson. He's 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's quite a football player. He's a running back. He said they can't even wrap around him and, and get him down. It takes like four guys to get his ass down. Well, and, that's, and John's got him doing all the stuff we're doing at 13. The kid's a horse, man, and it's beautiful to watch. But that's another show in itself. Okay, so – you know, we're, we're, we're going in and out with the stones, heavy, medium, heavy, medium, yeah. walk, walk, walk. Okay. All right. At that point, we've got somebody that, you know, doesn't have the seasoning of you and I, but mm-hmm. they're, they're making strides. They're making gains. We figure maybe they need another year at least. Yeah. What do we want? Do we want to change the formula? Do we want to adapt them if we see something that maybe isn't working? How would you proceed then, say, in the next 9 to 12 months, and then we're going to plan on going and visit the Norse? Yeah, so, I mean, the walks are, are huge, um, and, and doing it the way I did it worked really, really well, and, and I, I, I definitely recommend that. Uh, but I also, you know, you got more stones there then they're all a different type of lift. That's mm-hmm. what makes Iceland really a, a, another thing that makes it a different animal is the fact that you have walks, you yep. have picks that are, that are like, you have a Husafel where you have to turn your hands into flippers. You have the, uh, stack where it's a bear mm-hmm. hug and pull off the ground. So in order to be good at all those I, I didn't really feel like I needed to to train everyone individually, but I Husafel is important and it's different than being that's a walk. So I worked that one first and worked it hard, and then after I was done with that, I'd go out and just do some regular natural stone lifting. Yep. Knowing that I was looking at the Latra stones, uh, Judas, Judas, uh, yeah, yep. Peter, Peter's is a little more square, mm-hmm. and I knew the handhold would be really good on that. And even though it's been uh, mishandled and chipped down a little bit. It's it's still easily 375 pounds. That's a big stone. Big yeah, and, and Legstein is man, that is about the funnest damn stone on planet Earth. Is that is, got the hot? Does that got a mean? Look? I mean, it reminds me of a dagger, a blade. The way. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and I mean, think about a 485 pound stone, and and you know, you walk it around the farmer's grave basically to free his soul. Um, what an incredible stone! And oh yeah. Oh my God! Now let me ask you that. Um, obviously that's almost like doing. It is. It's a front squat basically. Is that how you approached it? Did you get down? 
Were you lower than normal to do that? Were you at parallel? Do you remember? I mean, obviously. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so how did you approach that, and, and how did you lift that stone and walk it? Well, you know, in the way that you attack the Iceland stones, it, you here's where you really have to have a plan. And we knew that Legstein would be essentially – the last stone if we didn't discover any of the new stones, which we did. Cool. And um, so we knowing that it was going to be the last stone, you know, and before we even headed there, I'm like, Nick, if I even lift that thing, just just get it up, stand there with it. It yeah. would be a win in my book being that we are going to be absolutely annihilated by the time we hit it. Hell yeah. Because it was, I what was it, like stone number eight or nine? And the thing is nine, stone yep. number nine. and. Yep. So we had done Peter's Stone there at Dinyandi Waterfall that yep. day. Yep. And, you know, we were riding pretty high going into Hay Dollar and where, where the Lexstein Stone yep. is. Yep. And we, we roll up and it's sitting right there. And you've been there, so you know, but it sits right next to that bed and breakfast, that hotel. Hell yeah. And you just like there's no avoiding it. It's it's right it's, there. Isn't it awesome, man? Just it <laughs> leans against the other stone. Oh, I love it, man. Yeah. So awesome. So we roll up and immediately, me and him get out of the car like two <laughs> little kids. Yep. And we run over there, just geeked. And uh, he he looks at me. He's like, so you know we're gonna have to lift this right now, right? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm like, my biceps are so shot. Like, yep. I, I'm like riding the line of one popping, and I'm like, well, let's talk about it. And we we kind of went in and ate dinner with our wives, and one beer turns into two, turns into five, yep. turns yep. into a lot. And you're like, you know what? Screw it. Let's go. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was, can't tell in the video because it's daylight all the time in Iceland, but sure. I mean, it was like 11 o'clock at night when we lifted that thing. And yeah, I mean, I don't recommend that people get their beer muscles on before they go <laughs> lift stones, but it, de it definitely lit a fire under our ass to go do it. And yeah. we yeah. both walked it around and oh man, what an absolutely awesome stone. Oh, it's, it's a thing of beauty. And that place has got good food. When we were there, um, we were, we were drinking beers, but we were down in Black Death like there was no yeah. tomorrow. Holy yep. God. They were just filling the shot glasses. I'm like, man, it's like, wow. Um, You know, one thing I wanted to ask you, the Husafel, because I don't remember. Uh -huh. Did you lift the stone the conventional way, the shield way, or did you flip it 180? Did you flip it flip on it. on its ass end and, and go with the thinner part at the top? How did you approach that stone? The 180, um, the way that Bill Crawford does yep, it, okay. uh, the yep. way that Nick Whalen ran it the first yep. time. And, yeah, and I trust Nick completely. I mean, he's got the fastest damn run I've ever seen of that stone. And, yep. yeah, the flipping at the 180 has really a better groove to sit nicely inside the bicep. And especially since if you're going to Iceland, you need to just guarantee yourself you're going to have some rain and some weather. Oh, and, yeah. And I feel like it with the, the 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 guitar pick style that that you essentially see in everything now. Yep. The the regular style. It for me it wasn't really conducive to a good walk. It, there just the moisture in the air. It, it's like that mist. It just I needed it to sit in my my arms a little bit better. So mm -hmm. I flipped it 180 like Nick. Yep. And um, 
for me, that was the best way. But even with that, the stone is very smooth. The stone is very wet. So I had to reset and re rehold uh, in the middle of my Ooh. walk. And, and, and that's really what, what doomed me in the end to not do it on just one pick. Yeah. Yep. Was the fact that I did have to reset being that it started kind of slipping on me. Yep. But you know, it's just, it just is what it is, and you just do with what you can. And sure, it took me the, uh, the the multiple picks to get it all the way around, but you know, I I have no regrets at all. I I did as well as I wanted to do, and and uh, like I said, with the weather situation and the cold oh, yeah. and all that stuff, and yeah, yeah hey, uh, think about this: how many people in the world have ever done it? Not many. <laughs> there you go, Not man. Many. Ma- ma- many people who claim to be very strong go home with their tail between their legs. Yeah, um, yeah. There was there was a guy. Yeah. I, I I won't say names no. enough. No, 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 he, no. he he very 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 strong guy who yep. actually tried to lift it two days after us. Yep. And his numbers were, I mean, astronomical big numbers in powerlifting world and. Yeah, it it got the best of him. Like he couldn't even pick it from the ground, and yeah, I mean, dude, you got to really yeah. know what you're doing. That's for sure. It, it means nothing what you lift with a barbell. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. I, I nothing. tell people that, and they're like, "You're full of shit." I said, "Okay, no. okay, all right." Well, I've been there. I know. All right, so yeah. uh, whatever. Um, this is a great question because I've gotten to this for, foray with people too. How important, tell everybody, is to have very strong biceps, very well-trained biceps, tendons made of steel, because I know I've torn mine there. Um, How vitally important is it to the strength athlete to do – and we know the whole arm's got to be strong, especially with the Husafel, the way your hands are bent at the wrists. There's no hand holds. Obviously, Ryan is is turning it 180. I I did that the last time. I'm going to tell you right now, all the steel stones I'm training, they're all the shield. I'm going after it like the shield, make or break. Um, But we know with the shield – there's nowhere really to sink your fingers in, but we and we no. know the forearms have to be unmercifully big and strong. You know, biceps, obviously the front deltoids, pecs, because that thing feels like it's strangling the air out of you. Um, yeah. But let, let's talk about biceps, right? Big and I, big, 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 big importance. Yep. Yep. And yep. the main thing for me was. Uh, especially being a Highland gamer for 12 years, mm-hmm. we don't work biceps. That is not part of our training. Yep. You want to be as long and loose as possible. And I, I do a massive amount of back work, always have, and that's always been carried over to my bicep strength. Yep. But I knew going in with nine months ready you know, before, I knew that the weak link and the part that I was going to have the hardest time with was the biceps. Incorrect. Yeah. And even in training, I mean, shit, I, I, was, I was lucky. I don't want to say lucky, but I really had to manage my bicep and how much they were being beat up during yeah. training. They were yeah. being massacred in training. Yeah. yeah. What do you? What? Let me. I don't want to interrupt, but uh, this train. Okay. You know, I've talked. Martin and I have talked. I've talked to a lot of different people, and we know the upper back is is just paramount. I mean, all the spinal erector. I mean, we could get into a million things on 
this show and 10 more about with stone lifting. But, you know, here we go again. We don't want to get convoluted with a lot of stuff. You know, it's the same way we're talking. Short day, long day, light day, well, medium day, heavy day. Biceps. I still feel the belly, the straight barbell curl, but I'm talking about it in a different way. I'm talking like they did in the old York days where your back's against the wall and your barbell curl. So that's going to cut your curling down because you're not doing cheat curls. Is there one movement, two movements you think that are very paramount, with, especially with the stone lifting for bicep work? Well, and see, for me, I actually I, I didn't do any curling at all. My, my biceps were so taxed all the time from the walks okay. that I couldn't even do – like if you asked me to even curl a 10-pound barbell during that time period – I would have had a hard time with it. it. I was extremely taxed in my biceps. Mm-hmm. The walks, the regular natural stone lifts, um, I had to really back down the amount of pull-ups I was doing Yeah. Um, and kind of had to modify some of my, my upper back movement because it, you know it's taxing on the biceps also. So, yeah, just the massive amount of work that your biceps are getting from lifting the natural stones, from from doing your walks. And what I recommend to anybody who decides to go and try the Hoosfell stone is when you're walking with those stones or replica ones in training, don't interlock your fingers. Don't do it. Yep. Because that is not going to be a possibility when you get to Hoosfell. So, don't cheat and don't use it in training because you cannot use it over there. Yeah, because if you really want to go out and look at that stone, especially from the side, um, well, I got all the measurements. It's a little over eight inches on each side because yeah. I think my stones are like eight and a half and made them a little bit bigger. Um and especially metal, man. I mean, it digs into you like you can't imagine. And the thing is, you know, there's just not one piece that's going to make you a stone lifter. You really got to be a complete lifter. You have to yeah. be. Um, and Ryan said it, and I've said it. You know, you see many that are even big names go over and say, oh, "I'll get that thing. It's only 418 pounds. I can deadlift 850." Yeah. <laughs> you know no. what? That how'd you do? I didn't. It didn't come up. <laughs> uh, I, I've seen that thing when we were there. I swear to God, you think somebody glued it to the ground? You know, yeah. and, and everybody's flipping out. They're turning it. They're swearing at it. They're chalking the outside of it. It ain't coming. See, those lifts to me, you know, you've got maybe one or two shots at it, and that's the yeah. end, man. Because as they say, you know, you shoot your load, that's probably it. You know, you're only going to have a few attempts with it. Not unless you've done like Ryan has where, I mean, it's no holes barred. I mean, you're out there and you're doing it. And you're doing it. And you're doing it. And yeah. what, what do we always say here? Repetition, repetition, repetition. There's a hell of a lot to it. And you know what else, yeah. Ryan, I said last night with Charlie? And see if this makes sense to you. Because this really makes sense to me, especially with stone lifting. And I mean going after like what you did. Mm-hmm. I think stone lifting, weight lifting. I'm talking power rack. You know, we were talking about, you know, the big deep dish plates. Anything to get you thinking. Okay. Yeah. I believe this stuff kicks the will into you. 
and I mean that. Usually people are like, well, you got to have will, and it's going to take the will out of you. I don't, I don't buy it. Yeah, you got to have a will to want to go out, like here, 20 below, and you're freezing the shit, okay? But what yeah. I'm saying is I think this lifting works the other way. I think it literally kicks the will right into your body. you got no choice because you have to be able to survive this every time. And yeah. That's what I love about it so much. Um, you know, it's getting colder and colder here. I'm looking out the window right now. It's probably about 42, but the wind looks like the branches look like they're going to break off the trees right now. This is when this is the, the stuff, man. This is the stuff that makes champions right now. If you got the guts to go out and do it, this is it, man. And this is the stuff that, you know, you're talking about the walking and the, and the different versions and variations of it. Yeah. That weather, man, you know, it, the elements alone will take you out of this game. You know, so I think without being ridiculous and without injuring yourself, all this stuff is an enhancement. Because when you go to Iceland, we know Ryan told you what was going on over there. Well, I didn't expect it to rain. Well, guess what? Plan, yeah, plan guess on what? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I, what are you going to do, go home? I mean, yeah. it's not it's not going to happen. And so not only are you laying a lot of money out, a lot of time, you know, a lot of expense where, you know, you've got to be a little bit smarter than the last time. And that's a very interesting thing because obviously you've discovered some stones and all that. Are you planning in 19 to go back or are you going to wait a couple of years or is that not in the mirror anymore? What do you what are you thinking well, about? So uh, we've we've actually found quite a few more uh, stones, uh, both in the west side and on the east. Okay. And um, we would like to go back and, and kind of seal the deal on Iceland, and, and I don't want to say be done with it because I, I don't want to ever say that because I, I love that place. And we go back. Be- it's beautiful. In a second, man. Oh, yep. But. Yep. You know, there are some other ones, some new ones okay. that we have not done that we would like to go and hit. We we know where they're at and everything. It just we just got to get back over there. But we've actually decided on a different place. Actually, it's going to be a combo of two different places next year. I can't okay. really say, but okay, um, we're looking to kind of blow the doors off on a brand new location that has a lot of stones that are massively historic. Oh wow! Have a lot of history to them, and um, we're going to try to hit that uh, beginning of summer is going to be the goal. And wow! And uh, yeah, so hopefully we'll be opening a brand new chapter and stone lifting all together. That's great, man. That's all. Um, you got some real experience now. Now, I mean, you got ready for it. You went to the actual place, which most people will never get to. Um, yeah. Preparing for summer, say everything goes the way you want it. You're going to be there this summer to open a new chapter, as you said. Yeah. Is there anything you think, now that you've been there, now you've got mm-hmm. some experience with stones there. Yeah. Is there, a, whether you can say it or not, that's that's totally your, your choice. Is there yeah. anything you feel at this point that you need to do different or improve upon? Yeah, definitely. Um I would say, well, the overall endurance aspect of it, we did really well. And okay. I mean, 
I just absolutely hammered myself in training. I, I I'm not a person that really has to go looking for motivation. I am a mindless zombie when it comes <laughs> to the training and yep. I just go, go, go. I'm very, very self-motivated. And when, especially when I have a carrot out there, that's one of these, these foreign countries with a lot of, uh, manhood stones. Sure. That's for me, that's all I need. I, and I am just go, 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 go. Um, but yeah, I would say, if I was to do it again, the things that I would do different, um, definitely in Husafel, there, there's some things, there's just little things that yep. I would have done different. I wouldn't have regripped. I would have just gone. And yeah. Yeah. the regripping kills you. Just sure it starts to slip and you feel like it's going to go. Just keep going. Yeah. And um, yeah. that would be my recommendation is sure. It's going to slip. It's going to slip for everybody. The stone's a total pain in the ass, but I, but that's what makes it great. Yeah. Hell yeah. And, uh, but yeah, that's the, that, that would be my main thing at Husafel is yep. just don't regrip, just go. Um, go, go in, your, in your opinion, the greatest stone in the world or, or is it the one, two, who, what do you say? Oh. Man, I'll tell you what, that damn Husafel stone, if it's not the number one, it, yeah, yeah. It, it's top two for sure. Yeah, and it, it, all yeah. the other stones, me and Nick kind of, as it kind of settled in and we started talking about our trip and what we'd done and and we looked at it at the end, we'd done 17 stones. And wow. What, what's the, what, what do you feel was the hardest ones? And I'm like, man, I like Clofie. Clofi there at Latra is yep. the hardest, heaviest damn thing. And then pouring rain, 29 degrees, your fingers are numb. That doesn't help. But, man, Clofi was just a bitch. Yeah. Oh, man, that thing is such a tough stone. But, um, yeah, you know, I'd say that one and Legstein would, yep. will definitely be the ones that will stand out and be my fa- favorites there. I think Legstein is just such an incredible location, incredible yeah. stone. I yep. mean, hell, I, that valley right there is in the Viking sagas. I mean, it, yep. it's just massive history. Yeah, it's pretty funny when you pull up and there's the inn to go eat and everything. There's a stone to your right. I'm like, ah, ah. you know, it, yeah, it, it's – um. I tell people whether you're going to go lift stones or not, you need to go see Iceland. You know, if you yeah. just want, you want to hang out in Reykjavik, it's it's cosmopolitan like New York City. Go there. Yeah. Go hang out yeah. there. We went all through there. Nice place, you know. Um, but I'd much rather be sitting out in Husafell looking at the sheep pen. Yeah, yeah. oh, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. for anybody who, who's never been to the West Fjords, even if they've been to Iceland before, if they've never been to the West Fjords, they have never truly seen Iceland. The West Fjords are the most spectacular place yep. I've ever been in my entire life. Every corner, you're just your jaws on the floor. Yep, it's just mind blowing the scenery in the West Fjords. It is. It, it's um, it is truly a a thing of beauty. And you know, it's um, I don't know how many people you spoke to, but when we were there a couple times, I mean. It's very cultural with them. Um, you know, you, why are you here? And you say, who's the foul stone? And I didn't meet one person that didn't know what it was. Okay? Really? Wow, yeah. that's surprising. Yeah, I, w- I was pretty impressed with it. Um, when we were in Reykjavik, you know, obviously, um, 
you know, you meet people, they're all at, cause I mean, they can pick up your American accent, you know, why yeah. you here. And yeah, it was very interesting. Um, and I will say this, um, some of the nicest people I've ever met in my life live in Iceland. Without yeah, absolutely. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. And people don't realize, you know, and you know, they'll say, well, that's their culture. That's their tradition. I never met. I met a lot of people that were pretty impressive of all ages that were in pretty damn good shape. I mean, yeah. cause we hung out in Reykjavik quite a bit and, um, it was very interesting. Um, just, you know, I've said before, I mean, I don't think I'd have any problem even living there three, four, five, six months, or it could be permanent for all I know. I was that, like yourself, I was so impressed with it, so yeah. impressed with it, and it was just different. You know, I was saying when we got back here, we flew out of Boston and we came into Boston, okay, and um, when I was in Iceland, it, it the culture obviously is different, you know, and when we pulled in to Boston, it was so loud and all this other crap on the outside. And I said to the guy that was with me, I said, you want to get back on the plane and just go back there and stay there permanently? <laughs> I, I mean, it, it was like, it was like, it was like, to me, it was almost like a culture shock coming back here, man. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. so, you, you know, and I think too, you know, when you love doing the stone lifting and, and you aspire to that type of lifestyle, you know, there are places that, you know, they lend the hand to it. And, um, you know, that when you're looking for that, um, you're going to find it one way or the other. But, yeah, it, it is just absolutely breathtaking and beautiful. And, you know, I'm pretty excited to – now, next year when you go, will you release the areas where these stones are or what will happen with that? Yeah, definitely. And that's another thing that me and Nick talked about was, yep. you know, the, when we found the new stones, um, we, we parted ways for a short time. Um, yep. Him and his wife had been to Iceland before and they wanted to go see the, the northern side. They'd never sure. seen that. And, sure. and he had a set of stones that were up there that he wanted to go uh, see if they still existed. It was big. No, there's no pictures, no nothing. Just right. Right. A lot of hard work put in on old Icelandic literature, which is miserable, by the way. Sure. Um, the hardest damn language to, yep. to translate. Yep. And uh, he was successful in finding uh, three new stones up there. And Wow. And as we're working our way into kind of a, a southern area of the country, you know, we went looking for a few more that we had a general location on, but not exact. And we hit the absolute honey hole jackpot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we walked up and we just looked at each other and just, we were shocked. I mean, they're yep. sitting right there. There's eight stones oh, ranging boy. from 230 to 669 pounds. <laughs> and I mean, we even had weights and stuff. We knew every single one of them weighed and, uh, it was pretty incredible. But as far as releasing a location, yeah, we're still kind of talking about that. Um, we're, we we were not treated the kindest by some guys who we tried to get information from. That doesn't about, su- yeah, yep. That doesn't uh, and surprise me. It was about me. Latra more than anything, and they were. I don't. I didn't really understand why they were so protective of the Latra stones. And sure, I mean, look, we're, we're there, and we're going to 
treat them is kind and not the aggressive and throwing them around, trying to break them. I mean, we have a lot of respect for the history and the culture over there. And I, I would have thought that, that the people that we had asked would kind of uh, understand that. But the Lotter Stones, we just could not get straight answers for a uh, long time. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you why. Because a lot of them, their reputation count, uh, counts on that stuff. That's yeah. Why. That's I, why. I just – I don't know. It was kind of an odd deal. But yep. Yep. I, I was a little – we, we talked to Stefan Solvi-Peterson before sure. we – Yep. Um, I think it was the week before, and he had done them again that week, and Nick had talked to him and yep. said, hey, you know, is, do we need to know anything? And the guy said, you know, just make sure you go get the farmer's permission. And we're, yeah. we looked at each other. We're like, well, how come we were just hearing about this now? Yeah. And so my recommendation to anybody who is going over there and they are going to lift the Lotter Stones – they need to know, and I mean, tell all these people who are hitting you up. Yeah, it is private land. It is a farmer's land, and if you're there during, you know, May, June. Yep. The birds, the seabirds, do all their nesting there on his land. There, there, it's in the tall grass. Okay. The eggs, and he he didn't. Granted, we don't speak Icelandic, and he spoke zero English, but he kind of walked us down there and showed us that there was the birds laying eggs. And that was the reason why you can't drive out there and you need to walk down towards the beach. Yeah. So don't, don't go across the guy's land, go yep. down to the beach. You can hike up the rocks and be fine. But, yeah. uh, there is seabirds nesting there and, and he's super protective of those birds in the nesting area. It is private land and, and definitely get permission before you go stomping through his yard. Yeah. We even did that the second time we went, you know, we knocked on, uh, Sonori Bjornsson's, I guess, ancestor, great nephew, whatever, you know, just to tell him we were going to be there. Um, and he was cool as hell about it. And, um, you know, uh, that's just a sign of respect. And we don't, if you don't know, you, you know, you, you don't, what are you going to do? And that's the thing. And it's great yeah. you, you bring that information back because, you know, that's very important. You want to piss one of these guys off. You, I don't know what they've got and what they don't got. And, you don't want to run into that type of trouble, especially when you're over there to lift some rocks, man. You know, you want to make yeah. some history. So, no, I think yeah. that's a, a, a great thanks for sharing that. But, you know, you and I both know anything new, you're going to get resistance from people. And that's just the way it is. And it's too yeah. bad that, you know, that type of attitude, you know, is being presented. But, you know, um, I look at it this way. You guys went over and made history, man. And, you know... Um, as I said before, far and few between lift these type of stones ever. You know, yeah. um, you've got yeah. your DNA blueprint now and everything just with everybody before you. And I, that's what I always thought about it. You know, anytime I went up and grabbed something, it was like, who lifted this before me? You know, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I just like thinking that way. It inspires me and it inspires others when you're like that. We're getting near the end of time, Ryan, um, and I'll get you back on, obviously, if we can do it before the end of the year. If not, we'll do it in January when you're available. Um, yeah. what, what, what would you say right now? Obviously, it was a dream trip and all that, but anybody that's on the fence or, you know, like I said, they're contacting me or whatever, Yeah. T talk to them. Tell them right now. With, with you know, inc with encouragement, we're talking about because they've got to go out and carry it. But 
you know, I can tell them because I've been there and you've been there and you've done everything there. All right. Yeah. What would you tell everybody right now who was really interested in going and lifting Icelandic stones? Well, man, it really is varied from person to person because like you, I've been my private message, especially after the full Stoker movie came out, is yep. just blown up. And yep. what I try to tell 90% of them, and I, I know most of these guys very well and and I tell them, you know, try to start with Scotland. Try try to lift in a place where you're going to be successful. And there are many stones that are in your range of lifting. Right. You know, start there. That is a great place to start. It's a lot easier to get around Scotland. It's a lot easier to find the stones in Scotland. Um, you got great people like James Graham and Martin sure. there to help you out. Yep. And if, if it's a starter deal and you've never done it before, that's actually my recommendation is to really start with Scotland and, and be successful there and then move on to Iceland. But now there are going to be people who are massively strong and, and can really hit Iceland right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And even though it's few and far between for those people, uh, you know, just you're going to have to really work hard with really heavy, really awkward stones in training because everything there, I mean, starts right around 350 and goes yeah. up. Yep. So, I mean, you, you got to be ready to just not only be conditioned for that many stones, but that kind of weight of stone and, and just day in and day out, just grinding. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, if, if they're convinced they want to go do Hoosfell, Walk, walk, more walk, and then when you're done walking stones, go walk some more. <laughs> yeah, start walking in your sleep too with it. I yeah. mean, seriously, it's um, you know, I, I we talk about it all the time. That's the way my college professor Frank Klein I mentioned at the end. Repetition, repetition. I mean, there's nothing else you can do other than. You know, short, long, in between, heavy, light, medium. You know, that's how you got to do it. And you got to program yourself. You've got to yeah. program your mind and your body. Plus, you got to take care of the other things. You know, you still, you still got to use free weights or whatever you're using. I mean, yeah, you're not going to probably be using 99.9% if there's ever such a thing. But you can not only stay stronger and maintain, well, maybe you're only going to be able to work 75%. Well, that's yeah. okay because your focus and your fundamentals now are strictly on that stone and everything that it needs, you know, whether it's the lower back, you know, it's head to toe folks. There's no point in saying, go ahead, go ahead, Ryan. No, you're you're right. It is totally head to toe. And I mean, even down to your feet, it really is your feet. If you're not conditioned to walk with stones, I mean, most people, when they pick up their first sandbag or stone and they start walking with it, and you're like, "Wow, how do you feel?" And they get back and they're like, "Man, my feet really hurt." Yeah, yep, <laughs> it's yep. because your feet are clawing into that ground, trying to get get as much grip as they can, and yeah, it's it's difficult. But yeah, it's it is head to toe. And by the way, everybody, if you do go to Husafel, um, Ryan can attest to it too. When you walk around that pen, it's not blacktop. Okay. No. <laughs> and, and it's, and I don't know, I haven't been there in four years now or five years. Are there still some of the, uh, um, 
stones sticking out at the bottom you got to be careful of when you're making i remember there's one corner we were rounding that if yeah. you ever hit that with that stone you'd get killed yeah, so, yeah. there are a few little jagged ones that stick yep. out of the pin but the, yep. it's They've taken the ones that were uh, around on the ground that is that are ankle breakers and ACL rippers, and they've yep. kind of put them off to the side. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. That's good. So it's a little bit more safe. And when we were there, there was actually quite a bit uh, of uh, turf that growing in in the dirt. Like oh, you could good. tell that good. the place had not been walked in, in quite a while. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, the the turf there was decent. It's not just the shale anymore. That's nice. just sitting there on the ground. But um, yeah, it's and it, it actually has a, a slight elevation change from the top to the bottom of it okay. too. Yep. And I, I guess that was one aspect that I didn't realize. It didn't really affect my walk any, but you are walking slightly uphill. Yeah. During exactly. half of it. Yep. Absolutely. Um, one quick question: What'd you think of that beautiful carve out of Sonori Bjornsson on the way up from the church? Oh, amazing! Yeah. Um, amazing. Yeah, you- it's. Did you meet his ancestor, the, the gentleman that's the stone carver, or not? Uh, I didn't. We we walked it, and then we had to shoot into the car as fast as we can oh, okay. to well. get to the ferry in order to get up the West Fjords. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. maybe next time. Well, pretty uh, yeah. Pretty talented guy. Let me tell you that. Um. Uh, I think we've got everything covered. I mean, we'll bring in more stuff the next time. Um, yeah. Why don't, why don't you give out your website, um, you know, obviously Facebook, how to get a hold of you. I'll give out my information, and we will get this show up tomorrow, and we'll get something set up either for the end of the year or early January. Okay, brother? That sounds great. Yeah, my uh, social media, you just look for me, Ryan Stewart, on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, goes under Stu Squatch on Instagram as the handle. Uh, for Black Flag Strength and Fitness, you can just even just throw it in Google, just Black Flag Strength and Fitness Utah, and it'll pull us up. And uh, yeah, we're located in Sandy, Utah. And you got—I I wanted to make sure I had it right—the um, Utah uh, Stones page out in Facebook, right? Correct. Yeah, the Utah okay. Stones yeah. of Strength yep. okay. uh, has been up for a year now, and it is essentially ten stones of different weights, different challenges. Uh, basically, trying to bring that overseas manhood stone culture back home and give people who, a, a real shot at it who yeah. would never yep. have that chance otherwise. Yeah, so. that, you're doing great things with it, man. So, you know, it, it, it's good to go out and look at things and look at the video and et cetera, et cetera, because if you're really thinking about taking one of these voyages, whether it's out to see Ryan or Ryan and you're going to go overseas, you, um, you got to get started. I mean, and get yeah. started. When you hear this show tomorrow, get started tomorrow, and I mean that. Anything else, Ryan? That's it, man. All right, brother. It was brother. great talking to you. Same here, man. It always is. Um, this is Motivation and Muscle, streaming radio 24-7. Go out to um, Fiorella Barbell uh, at nightcap.r.com. If there's a show you like Ryan and I to do, just send me a note, and uh, we'll get it done. Also, too, um, go out to FiorellaBarbellCo.com, also MotivationMuscle.com. Check out both of those sites. There's going to be some big changes with them, too, next year. Um, 
there's an awful lot of stuff moving fast here, and I mean fast behind the scenes. Um, lots of planning, lots of doing with the idea of a lot going on in 2019, not only professionally but personally too. Pretty exciting stuff, let me tell you. That's what life's about. Also, too, um, don't forget to uh, go out to iTunes and Stitcher. Give us a five-star review. That's what we've gotten. Also, too, we are on Spotify now, and we are on Google um, Podcasts. So we're out there now, too, among many things. If you want to get us in your car, 24-7 AHA directory, that's pronounced AHA. If someone seeks you out in the gym or the concrete jungle, never be afraid to give them five words of inspiration. You heard a, a show today. You know, like everything. I mean, if this doesn't inspire you, um, I don't know what would. I mean, it's just, this is just nonstop, man. Nonstop coming at you. And you're getting, see, the thing with Eminem over, I think, everybody, Ryan Stewart has done what we're talking about. We're not just sitting here wishing, okay? You got doers here. That's the difference. I mean, you're talking, I'm interviewing a gentleman that has actually done everything we talk about. See, that's the difference, man. That's called authenticity. But that's for a whole nother show. Um, as my mom said when we were kids, never be afraid to say hello to someone or give them a smile for that day. You never know what people are dealing with. And I'm telling you right now, there's nothing wrong with kindness. It's not weakness, believe me. And a strong man or woman, that's what you should do. You should do that. You don't ignore others, man, and you try to help people out if you can. Always do that. Also, too, if you're going to lift it, bend it, break it, twist it, press it, pull it, squat it. If you're going to lift stones, turn them into dust. And as a great hoose of steel stone crusher says in blood red domination, we clear cut the path. We don't follow anyone. Dominate, obliterate, and dent everything in your path. No one ever clip our balls. And as Russell Fur says, when I listen to your shows, I swear there's testosterone dripping out of my speakers. Tidal wave and getting higher and wider, brother, all the time. Frank Klein, my greatest business college professor. Repetition, repetition, repetition. Quitters never win. Winners never quit. My dad, be a leader, not a follower. John Ridge, my greatest chiropractor ever, he would walk every patient to the door, no matter how busy he was, and he would say two words, keep smiling. Say that to yourself on your best day or worst day, or just walk around. I swear you'll have a grin from ear to ear. That's much better than being someone that is just so down on themselves, on others, and on life. Keep smiling. Be a steward of strength. Don't stand on the side of the road and watch the world go by. Tell a hundred or more of your friends we're coming because we won't kick your door in. We will blow the roof off your house. Stick with us. We're going to be around for at least 30 more years. Tell your friends. Listen to these shows with your children. We've really cleaned language up big time. Not that we are out throwing it all over, but it's important because we want the kids to come in here we want the adults that don't feel they can do anything and run out of breath just bending over to tie their shoes got to get rid of that folks got to get rid of that so stick with us and shoot these shows out to everybody um also too les brown you all have greatness in you we take it two steps further we believe in you and we got your back and before i sign off with ryan here's something remember 
You're all winners, champions, and unstoppable. And anybody that tells you anything different, you need to get away from those anybodies. Because if you want to get somewhere, I got to tell you, folks, I can tell you from five years of it, you damn well, like I said before, lifting kicks the will into you. You better have something kick the will into you and right through you, and you've got to be able to stand up to it. When everyone has turned their back or they haven't, you've got to be the one that believes. And, you know, people say, you know, sometimes I'll bring up, well, you have to have a strong belief in yourself if you believe in God, whatever. And they're like, well, you know, I don't care. If you don't have a belief in something, others are not going to believe in you. Like my dad said, be a leader, not a follower. Ryan, I got to tell you, this was great to have you back. What an awesome show, man. Just loaded with material. Um, and we'll get you back very soon. Thanks for being on, brother. Absolutely. Thank you, Eric. Anytime, man. And uh, uh, myself and I'm sure everybody that listen to this, um, you got my respect. And I'm very proud of what you've done, man. Um, I, I know the Thank feeling. You. I know the feeling. And it's nice to speak to somebody that's humble and um understands the shit we go through we put ourselves through it obviously but it's not for the faint of heart so thank you once again sir thank you thank you very much i really appreciate it you are welcome so for ryan stewart this is eric fiorello like i said this show will be up tomorrow remember this too um life is asking something from you it's not the other way around think about hosefell think about scotland Think about lifting a 25-pound sandbag this week, huh? Think about it. you got to start somewhere, put one foot in front of the other, and remember, you're all winners and champions. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great rest of the weekend, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening to Motivation & Muscle, the podcast that connected your brain to your brawn. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.